Welcome to Startup Storytime, where we bring you the inspiring and often unpredictable tales of the founders and venture capitalists shaping the tech industry. Each chapter, we sit down with a new guest to hear firsthand accounts of their journey in the startup world, from early struggles and breakthroughs to the lessons they learned along the way. Join us for a cup of coffee and a candid conversation about life, here on Startup Storytime. Drake Bursiaga is the founder and CEO of Parkster AI, a graduate of Techstar Chicago powered by JP Morgan, inaugural class of 2022. Parkster AI is bringing instant parking to the world through artificial intelligence by building a computer vision solution that detects available parking spaces in real time. Hey Drake, great to have you here today. Hey Kevin, thank you for having me here. It's an honor to be your first guest on Startup Storytime. Yeah, it's, a, it's an honor to have you. Greg, I want to know a little bit more about you. What's your origin story? Were you bitten by a radioactive spider? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Um, but I was bit with maybe a bug of, of technology. Probably when I was around eight years old, one day my dad came home and he, he gave me an iPod Touch. And it was the very first version of the iPod Touch and it has the screen. I don't even know if they still make those anymore. Um, but he gave it to me and it was like the greatest thing ever. I would watch lots of YouTube videos on that, browse the internet, do lots of things an eight-year-old shouldn't do. <laughs> but um, one of the things I actually did was I, I, I started coming across the keynotes of of Steve Jobs, because mm. whenever there was a new Apple release, it would always be on every Apple product. Mm -hmm. And I would also watch videos of, of Elon Musk. And probably when I was closer to 10, I actually started getting into programming. Um, I took some classes at my middle school. I kept doing it throughout high school and kind of got serious about programming and around the high school to college range. Mm -hmm. What sparked your passion for Parkster? Yeah, well, I think it's a few things. One is my personal passion is to help uh, and positively impact the, the most amount of people I can through technology. And that all started, you know, four years ago. My friends and I were going to campus in, a, in an extremely busy neighborhood in the city of Chicago. This is DePaul? This is DePaul, mm -hmm. yes. And what happened was we ended up spending 20 minutes going up and down the streets looking for parking. And it was one of the most frustrating experiences. But the thing is, is I realized that I, I, I do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Actually, almost every single time I'm in a car mm -hmm. and I'm in a city, I spent more than 15 minutes looking for parking. That's when I said to myself, someone needs to make an app that helps drivers find parking instantly. Mm -hmm. And with my background, with technology and my passion for it, um, I decided to just do it myself. Mm -hmm. How did you make the leap from student to founder? I'd say I came up with Parkster AI going into sophomore year. Um, and at that time, you know, I was still experimenting with building different projects. And I was still kind of a decent student at the time. Mm -hmm. But um, the more I got into this project, which was actually called Smart Park before Parkster AI, mm -hmm. um, but go leading into that, I, I started getting more passionate about it, started dedicating more time. And truly, I, I probably started to get um, obsessed with it, too. It kind of came to the decision of 
if I really want this project to succeed and I'm really dedicating this much attention to it, I, I need to take it seriously. So that's that's when I, I thought to myself, okay, well, I could be the traditional student that, you know, after school they graduate and maybe go work at a FANG company or go do a PhD in computer science. But that probably wasn't my thing. I really wanted to do this startup. And I actually remember um, reading this essay by Paul Graham titled A Student's Guide to Startups. And it, it basically laid out every single thing I just talked about that students really shouldn't start startups in colleges because it's hard. But at the same time, you're young. So if you fail, you fail. It's whatever. You just go back to school. Mm -hmm. um, but if you do it, just take it seriously. And so that it kind of flipped a switch. I was like, okay, this l l let's get serious and intentional about things now. I started looking into it and I found out that it was this huge problem. For example, the average New York City driver spends over 100 hours looking for parking in one year. That's crazy. So that is crazy. But, you know, also um, searching for parking is, is one of the leading causes of, of air pollution in vehicles. So it, it's pretty harmful for the environment. Also, it's a hard problem to solve. And it, it kind of walks and, and sits on a thin line of something that's hard to do versus something that's impossible. Mm -hmm. And I think innovation lives there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what excites me. So it sounds like there's a pain for the environment. There's mm -hmm. a pain for people. Mm -hmm. Is there a big opportunity, though? If I were an investor, should I care about this? Yeah. Well, are you an investor, and can you give me money now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk in a few years. <laughs> um, yeah. So the parking industry is actually huge. It's a $130 billion industry. And it might be the biggest industry that no one knows about. For example, if you think about it, whenever you're driving, you never think about parking, but you have to park every single time you drive. No one even thinks about parking, and that's how integrated it is in society. So some of the methods of parking are outdated. For example, most operators count their available parking spaces by hand with a pen and paper every hour to see how full their garage is. So can you imagine, is like Count Chocula from Sesame Street going around a parking garage going like one, two, three. That's how they- That's they, how they do it? That's <laughs> how they do it. That's how most of them do that. Or they'll, I mean, do you know those red and green sensors that sometimes you see in airports? Mm -hmm. They can install those, but that system easily costs millions of dollars. Mm. The parking industry, I equate it to the finance industry pre-fintech boom, where it's just on the cusp of a lot of innovation. Maybe in a few years, it won't be the parking industry anymore. People will call it park tech because of all the innovation that's about to happen. Mm -hmm. So, Drake, why do we spend so much time looking for parking? No digital bridge exists that connects parking garages with available spaces with drivers who need to park. So there's there's kind of two sides to this problem of mm -hmm. where can I park and, and who is actually going there to park. So um, we're, we're actually tackling both problems, one on the business side, one on the consumer side. But I'll, I'll talk about the consumer side product we have right now. Mm -hmm. and that's called open space. Have you ever been late to a restaurant reservation? 
all the time. You know, so you're trying to go to wherever you, you have reservations and you end up circling around and around looking for parking and you get mad, your date gets mad, your mom gets mad because you can't find parking. And so what we're doing is we're partnering up with event venues and restaurants mm-hmm. and we're acting as their digital valet service. So we're helping their customers find the closest and cheapest parking space to the event venue mm-hmm. or the restaurant. How would people access open spaces? Is it going to be through like Google Maps? Would I access a separate app? In the long run, it would be best if all of our parking spaces are just incorporated directly on Google Maps. Mm -hmm. But for right now, we're integrated in a sign-up flow. So you know how you have to register to go to an event or register to go set up a reservation? Mm -hmm. We have one question that just says, are you driving? If you answered yes, then we'll actually send you information of, hey, mm-hmm. here are 10 parking spaces um, right next to the restaurant. It takes two minutes to walk there mm-hmm. and it costs $7 for an hour and 30 minutes. It, it's kind of ridiculous that we spend 15 minutes or more looking for parking every time. Every time. It's crazy. So that's what we're doing is eliminating that. So yeah, we have open space and we also have another product on the business side I mentioned. Um, but you know, right now, especially coming out of TechStars, we're looking to really speed up things and grow a bit more. So actually, we're looking to build out the founding team. Um, if you're interested in Parkster AI or bringing instant parking to the world, um, and and you want to be a founding engineer, mm-hmm. please email me at Drake at Parkster AI. Yeah, that's a beautiful dream. another topic i wanted to talk about was techstars so we originally met at techstars chicago demo day thank you for coming yeah absolutely (laughs) happy to support i just wanted to know more about what was the process of even getting into techstars and what did techstars bring for you and parkster the process of getting into techstars i actually got rejected It it was definitely one time maybe two times before i really got in I remember the first time I I did the first round of interviews mm-hmm. for Techstars. I was probably 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. I was very nervous for the, the round of interviews. I interviewed with Neil Salas Griffin, the managing director, and Brad Schnitzer, Techstar Chicago. And they just grilled me with a bunch of questions. I was super young, super inexperienced, was not too prepared. And actually, I ended up throwing up in a bush, like literally <laughs> after that call. I've never been so nervous in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, palm sweaty, you know, mom's spaghetti. The whole, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that whole thing. But this last time, you know, I felt a lot more confident about what I was doing and who I was. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons I got into Techstars was I just intimately knew the ins and outs of my business, of, you know, knowing where I was, knowing where I want to be, and having some sort of plan of of how to get there in the future, Mm -hmm. and then executing on that. And well, actually, I came into Techstars with a different idea. I had a little bit of traction. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember this this was my traction at the time. We had three partnerships. With one of them, we had access to over a thousand cameras in New York City. And these cameras were cameras attached and mounted on traffic light cameras. And so what we did is we paired up 
our machine learning algorithm that detected whether cars were available or not with that camera. So in real time, we could literally see on the streets of New York City, mm-hmm. like tons of available parking spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we actually ended up having to pivot away from that solution during the program. Mm-hmm. But that's what a startup is all about. It's testing new ideas, building it out quickly and, and understanding if it went right, why it went right, understanding if it went wrong, why it went wrong, and, you know, what you can do better the next time. Absolutely. It's an iterative process. Exactly. Name of the game. I wanted to go back to something you said. You you threw up in the bushes ah, <laughs> after yeah. your Techstars interview. Yeah. For a lot of people, when they fall, they might not get back up. That fear of failure cripples them from, from moving forward. What pushes you forward? How do you get past failure or the fear of failure? Mm, for me, maybe I take a bit of a different approach, but in my head, I almost picture myself failing And I think what that would look like. And I could just in my head, I could kind of accept that and say, okay, even if this does fail, my name is still Drake. I'm still alive. I'm still on the earth and things will work out. So once you understand that, you know, you're not going to die if if something fails, what is there to be afraid of? Mm -hmm. It's all about trying and trying and trying. And that's it. You know, if, if you wake up in the morning, you could stay in bed and you could kind of say, oh, you know, the world is hard and it's cold outside and I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to work. Mm -hmm. But there's no meaning in that. What I'm doing really gives me meaning and gives me gives me drive to go forward. I don't have to be motivated to do it because I know I I think this is what I'm meant to do. Maybe it's about finding your your calling. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting that you mentioned that part about like you're not going to die you fail. There's this book called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living that Mm -hmm. pretty much exactly mirrors what you said. And I mean, I also picked that up from my executive coach, Billy Banks. I think Mm -hmm. he's also a professor at at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever we have these negative thoughts in our head, I mean, our thoughts are separate from ourselves, right? What we think is not what we do which is not who we are. So whenever we have these negative thoughts, I think it's our job as founders and entrepreneurs and leaders is to interrogate those negative thoughts and think, you know, why why is that in my head? Is it an insecurity? Am I anxious? Am I feeling depressed? Like, what do I need to do to overcome that? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's in a sense embracing failure, as corny as that sounds. Mm. But you just have to break things down. With all the things that you have going on, how do you keep calm? Mm. Well, I think how I deal with daily stress, or I just meditate and I journal a lot. Um, and oh, I do journaling. Yeah, journaling. Most of the time, I have to journal before I go to sleep because I have all these ideas and my mind is running at a thousand miles an hour. So I have to write them down so I could go to sleep. So the journaling helps you get these I like thoughts from you, mind to yeah. paper. You have to get them out of your head on a paper. If there's a thought that's constantly going, you know, if there's a thorn that's stuck on your side, you got to take out the thorn, right? Same thing with a thought. Mm. Mm. Sounds like it's a very good outlet. Highly recommend it. So, Drake, I wanted to end this podcast with one question. Of all the people who have walked this planet, past and present, whose story would you want to hear? Someone who's definitely a big inspiration and 
I've actually I've mentioned him one or two times already in this podcast. Um, Paul Graham. He's one of the founders of Y Combinator. And actually, he authored one of my favorite books, Hackers and Painters. And Paul Graham is, is someone where sometimes you have ideas in your head that don't really make sense. But whenever you read a great article or a great essay, things start coming together and you could synthesize the information. Mm-hmm. Um, this happens frequently whenever I read um, Paul Graham's writings. Mm-hmm. So would love to... to you know, read his his whole story or hear from his story. Have him on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. That that will come <laughs> one day. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Well, Kevin, thank you for having me on Startup Story Time. Yeah, Drake, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Yeah, well, hopefully, we'll do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you.